This is a teaser of an interview I did with Max Blumenthal. And to hear the rest of it, become Patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. A few blocks from where I was staying, a black man named Orlando Figuera was burned alive in 2017 after being identified as a Chavez supporter. And this was caught on camera. And it was a real turning point for people in Venezuela. Uh, so I talked about the cultural clash. I didn't even know uh, about that. And I mean, I try to be somewhat informed. I mean, just Google Orlando Figuera. Um, and who was responsible for that? Opposition, the opposition protesters from the, the, what you would call the Guarimberos. Okay. It took place in um, Chacao, Altamira, which is a upscale area, which is the financial district of Caracas. The main opposition leader to that point, Leopoldo Lopez, who is an aristocrat, the direct descendant of Venezuela's first president, light-skinned, white, white guy, uh, he was the mayor. I mean, he, this happened under his watch. All kinds of right-wing terror happened under the watch of all of these opposition yeah. leaders. But this is the most heinous because it was caught on camera. And it was just a black man walking down the street. And oh they said, God. Chavista, they poured gas on him and Jesus burned him as he Christ. ran down the street. And so, you know, for people oh watching God. that, people watching that in the barrios, people watching that across the country who weren't part of this opposition bubble, they said, you know, we need to defend ourselves against these maniacs or they're, you know, we're next. Um, and so they kind of banned down the hatches. And so when I would go to the opposition rallies, I mean, it's just so, it's almost like a cartoon. Can you imagine, by the way, I mean, if it had been the opposite, if a Chavez person had, or an opposition person had been burned alive, the New York Times wouldn't stop covering it. Well, the New York Times, they take the whole death toll. It would just take the total number and attribute it all to the government. But over half in the Guarimbas were killed by the opposition. They even, they used a tactic called the Guaya, where they would wrap a, bar, a piece of barbed wire across a road to try to close it off. And people were beheaded. Oh my um, God. Trying to get through the roads. And Juan Guaido was actually asked about this in 2016, about that tactic, and he called it a myth. Because it was his forces who were behind it. I mean, he looks, they dress him up like Obama and put him on the back of a motorcycle. Uh, he's the worst speaker I ever saw. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he's afraid of public speaking. He has the charisma of like a can of paint. And at the same time, it's, it's deceiving. Like his image is very deceptive because behind him are the most violent radical right. elements of the opposition. And he seems kind of like a nerd almost. Yeah, totally. He seems like a yuppie on his way yeah. to work, his little right. briefcase. Right. Couldn't believe it, but I could also, that Marco Rubio, he tweeted an image of um, Gaddafi and when he was bloodied. That picture that Rubio tweeted was while he was being or uh, sodomized. Uh, there's video evidence that a bayonet was shoved up his ass while he was basically being driven into a drainage ditch where he was going to be shot. Then they took him to a butcher shop in uh, near in Misrata, and left his rotting corpse on a mattress for these uh, fanatical opposition supporters to take victory selfies with. And it's important to note that he wasn't like it was. You know, the way that the U.S. media portrayed Gaddafi's death is that he was somehow exposed to the public, and that he was. Right. It, it's as if this is what the public in Libya right. would have done to him walking down the street. And actually, he was in his hometown of Sirte. He was very popular there. NATO had launched this brutal bombing campaign of Sirte that had reduced a lot of the town center to nothing. And opposition elements, namely the Libyan Islamic Fighting Group, which was a longtime Al-Qaeda ally, 
which had been armed by Qatar and supported by the U.S., was brought in as the kind of you know proxy force, and they attacked Gaddafi's motorcade as it attempted to flee the carpet bombing of this city. Um, lots of people were massacred. Bodies were found outside a hotel nearby of his supporters, and his bodyguards, who are black African Libyans, were beheaded by these fanatical Al-Qaeda allies who were actually, when they attacked his motorcade, they were being supported with NATO air power. So NATO was there bombing the front and back of Gaddafi's motorcade. So this is all about Rubio's tweet. Rubio thinks this is all good. Right. He thinks know, that amazing. if he tweets yeah. this, it's like, oh, I'm sending a message to scare the dictator or something. But if you're Venezuelan and you see it, uh, you know, of course, if you support the government, you're going to be like, they're going to turn our country into Libya. Libya is hell. Right. But do you think if that it landed yeah. on – I feel like even Americans who aren't pro-Qaddafi – I mean, I don't know how – I don't see any polling. But I feel like that just came off as a terrible image. Maybe real jingoists embraced it. But I, I, I don't – it seems so unacceptable that a, um, a senator would post that. Yeah, I think uh... – it, it, it should have been more. It should have been more of a scandal right. than Ilhan Omar, which we'll talk about. Right. But you know, so many people have their had their um, kind of. So many people were involved in 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 making that moment possible in Washington, and so many people celebrated that moment in Washington. So but they just kind of don't want to celebrate it. I was kind of too quiet about it at the time because I was like, "Oh, the Arab Spring is a good thing." Um, you know, then I saw what happened to Gaddafi. I said, maybe Libya is fucked. Um, then I started learning more about it. When Rubio does that, you know, it sabotages Elliot Abrams, who's trying to get right. the, he's trying to get the military to flip in Venezuela. And he's trying to use all these incentives. He's trying to use threats. He's trying to pay them, whatever. And then they see that they're like, okay, we're going to get killed if we defect, especially the high command. So beyond the fact that they are very patriotic, that they're nationalistic, that they hate the U.S. empire, which has destroyed so much of Latin America, the real uh, power players in the Venezuelan military don't want to be sodomized with a bayonet. They're weird like that. Yeah. I don't know. who I wouldn't It's a cultural you... thing. I can't relate to it. Rubio also undermines um, Elliot Abrams in that. Ellie Abrams is pretending to be doing this for democracy. I remember watching Jake Tapper interview John Bolton, and he kind of like attacks Bolton from the right and comes at Bolton from the right and is like, are you sure this deal with Korea can be ironclad? Do you really trust the North Koreans? Do you really? And then the one question about Venezuela and Marco Rubio is like, Marco Rubio wants to do temporary protected status for Venezuelan exiles. Can you guarantee that? It's like Marco Rubio is the humanitarian in all of this, right. according to Oh, my God. Jake and he's Tapper. trying to push Bolton to be uh, firmer, yeah. tougher, yeah. Yeah. more yeah. iron-fisted. It's like, Mr. Cheney, can you really assure us that all Iraqi children will be drowned in a sea of blood? Come on. Quit playing around. Oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> By the way, Elliot Abrams, I think the biggest anti... I'm not, you know, nothing that Ilan Omar said was anti-Semitic. The real anti-Semitism comes when people identify uh, Elliot Abrams as a Jew. Like, if you care about Jews, <laughs> stop saying that. That's a stop real liability for us. Stop Stop acknowledging that Elliot Abrams is, is a Jewish. member of the tribe. Yeah, yeah, we really want to play that down. Not well, us. his wife would constantly remind us when she was alive that, you know, she was a big supporter of Israel who firmly believed in Palestinian genocide. 
and she had a blog called Bad Rachel. Uh, so naughty, naughty Rachel, <laughs> Naughty Rachel wants to murder the Palestinians who she called like uh, demonic camel riders or mm. something. I hope you enjoyed that teaser. And to hear the rest, go to patreon.com slash the Katie Halper show.